Hi, and welcome back to Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhart. And I'm Judy Brooks, and our focus here on Healing Quest is optimum health and integrative medicine. That's natural ways to keep you and your family healthy. Before the break, we talked about a just-released study from the University of Michigan that found that spanking during childhood can lead to depression, drinking, and drug use in adults. Now, spanking in this report is defined as using physical force with the intention of causing a child to experience pain, but not injury, to correct or control the youth's behavior. But the study's authors also said that spanking and the adverse results related to it can be reduced or prevented by evidence-based programs to prevent what they call harsh parenting. So to find out about those parenting programs, we have in the studio with us today Dr. Jennifer Thomas, a leading mental health expert here in Northern California. Dr. Thomas is chief psychologist at the Sutter Center for Psychiatry and the director of clinical behavioral health services there. And she has extensive experience in dealing with child and adolescent issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Thomas. So we'd like to start with your view of the long-term consequences of spanking during childhood. Thank you for having me. I think this is a really important topic. Um, and it's great that we're talking about it. There has been a lot of published research on spanking over the past 20 years um, that really indicates that spanking does have long-term negative consequences and classified spanking as an adverse child event for the purposes of this research study. And what they found was that people who were spanked um, had a much greater likelihood of having future problems with drugs and alcohol, more suicide attempts, and increased incidence of mental health issues. So we know that there is long-term negative consequences with spanking. They're very highly correlated. With young children, there's research that shows that at a young age, children who are spanked have more difficulties in school and have more oppositional behaviors Mm -hmm. um, in their early childhood development. So we see problems starting pretty early on in relation to spanking. So it's not just later in life, but but during childhood too. The Michigan study referred to evidence-based programs to reduce what they termed harsh parenting. Now, what kinds of programs are available on that topic? There's a number of good programs. One that I'm really fond of is called parent-child interaction therapy. And that is a treatment that is used for children who have acting out behaviors or oppositional behaviors, ADHD. So they're children that can often be harder to manage and control. Mm -hmm. And what happens is kids who have particularly neurological issues like ADHD, they have a higher incidence and likelihood of being abused because they can be frustrating to parent. And so programs like PCIT teach parents how to parent using an authoritative parenting style rather than an authoritarian parenting style. Mm. And what that means is there's high levels of warmth and high levels of structure, but there's low levels of really using forced control. So because we've found that that doesn't work for these kids. Give us a a specific example of what that would sound like or look like. Yeah. So with parent-child interaction therapy specifically, um, the the parent and the child are in one room playing together across the table um, and, and they're given specific toys to play with. And the therapist is actually on the other side in the next room looking through a one-way mirror. And the parent has what's called we call a bug in the ear, but it's mm-hmm. basically a little microphone. And they can hear the therapist and the therapist coaches the parent how to play and interact with their child. And really, it's using a lot of reinforcement and reinforcing the good behaviors. So for a child with ADHD, sitting might be really hard to do. Following directions might be really hard to do. And so the parent is coached to reinforce all the good behaviors. I like the way you're sitting. 
you're playing so nice with the toys. Thank you for sharing with me. I really like spending time with you. So they're coached to have those kind of conversations with their children because often those children aren't getting a lot of warmth and praise. Mm -hmm. And as that relationship improves, the negative behaviors tend to go down. It also has the parent do a lot of ignoring of negative behaviors. And then in the second phase of treatment, they actually teach parents how to manage difficult behaviors using a timeout system, a very structured timeout system. What would that look like, the, a timeout system, uh, other than just having them sit in the corner or go to their room for a period of time? The timeouts are done particularly related to the behavior. So, for example, if the child um, wasn't sharing and the parent gave a direct command of, um, please share the toy, and the child didn't share the toy, then the parent would say, you have two choices. You can share the toy, or please share the toy, or you're going to go to timeout. And the, the parent does a count, and if the child doesn't share that toy within that period of the count, then the child goes to timeout. The timeout is not long. When the child's ready to come back to the table and share the toy, the child can come back. Oh. So the idea is not to make this a long, punitive punishment, but it is to say, you know, if you're not going to play nicely, we're not going to play. And then when they're ready to play, they can rejoin. It's a good example of consequences. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. For every action, there's a reaction. Yeah. Cause and effect. Maybe you can teach them at an early age. Yeah. If so, you're just joining us, I want to let everybody know you're listening to Healing Quest on KFPK and iHeartRadio. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks. And we're talking with Dr. Jennifer Thomas about reducing harsh parenting. So do you have any advice for any of us who who see someone spanking a child in a way that's obviously inflicting extreme pain? I mean, it's hard to know, should I intervene? Should I just be quiet and walk away? Yeah. It's a really dangerous situation in many cases. It is. It is very hard. I think that is a hard decision to make, and people have a lot of different feelings on that. Um, If I thought that a child was actually being physically harmed by it, I would probably contact the authorities. I wouldn't probably walk up to that parent and say something in the moment because I don't know what kind of reaction they're going to have and also what kind of reaction they may have towards the child afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would not just let it go. You know, when you see a parent doing light spanking, it becomes a question of whether anyone would respond anyways because it's not illegal in America to spank your child. Well, in most states, it's not illegal to spank your child. Actually, it's not illegal in any state. It is illegal to use corporal punishment in schools in some states. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on spanking? You have a six-year-old? Yes, yeah. I have a six-year-old, and I do not spank her. Um, I actually use the timeout system from PCIT, and I do want to recommend to parents whose kids don't need therapy or their behaviors aren't that out of control, but they want to um, find a good system to use. There's also something called One Two Three Magic that is a timeout system and a reinforcement system. It has two pieces also that parents can get the discs or the book and utilize that, and it really teaches you a really successful way to manage behaviors. So that's just something parents can do on their own. But for me, yeah, I do not spank. Um, you know, when we look at it, we, we do not allow adults to hit each other. In fact, it's illegal for an adult to hit another adult. But in our country, it's not illegal for an adult to hit a child. And that's interesting when you think about it that way. That's very interesting. Now, or, and, and also, if a child is being spanked or being swatted or, being, or feeling like it's okay to to be physical with someone, do you think that encourages them to do that with other children? Yes. In fact, the studies have shown that. There was another study done out of the University of Manitoba that 
looked at children as they were developing what kind of behaviors they had if they were being spanked. And they did see an increased rise in how often kids would then try to control other kids with the use of physical punishment and force. So when they saw a, an increased rise in hitting and kicking, punching, all that kind of stuff, those kids were much more likely to get in fights. To get in fights. Okay, great. Now, are there any places here in the Sacramento area where, you know, if we have someone out there listening that's saying, I'd like to get some parenting tips on how to regulate my child's behavior or, or deal with my child's behavior, whether it's, it's good or bad. I, I, it's just, they don't come with, a, with an instruction book. <laughs> yes, they don't. And, you know, I think it's great for um, people out there to reach out to their physicians, and they often may have some um, either groups or recommendations they can provide. At Sutter, our pediatricians are very good at providing referrals. There are uh, UC Davis has a PCIT center that's is, for children is, who are in Medi-Cal. It's at the Child and Adolescent Abuse Resources and Evaluation PCIT. Center. PCIT. Yeah, okay. Parent-Child Interaction Therapy. Okay, thank you. So that's they tend to treat children who are going through the reunification process or kids who have had previous um, abuse. Uh, so they help families that are trying to reunify. There are some providers in the area that do an excellent job. There is a psychologist named Tanda Almont in Roseville, um, a marriage and family therapist, Leslie Witten Bowman here in Sacramento, and um, Dr. Don Blacker, another psychologist here in Sacramento. All of them are very well trained in parent-child interaction therapy, but also just in general in helping parents learn to manage behaviors. Just learning to manage children. Yes, yes. <laughs> we also have two psychiatrists I can recommend. Um, one is Dr. Hughes and the other is Dr. Blanco. And they are two Sutter psychiatrists that also do private practice, and they are both excellent um, in, in helping with parenting strategies. Thanks so much, Dr. Thomas, for joining us here in the studio today. This is, And, and for all of you out there listening, uh, that information will be available actually on the podcast as soon as this show airs. You can get the podcast, and then you can listen to it as much as you want and get all, those, all, of, all of those suggestions and recommendations from Dr. Thomas. Thank you for having me. We've been speaking with Dr. Jennifer Thomas, Chief Psychologist at the Sutter Center for Psychiatry and Director of Clinical Behavioral Health Services there, about some new research involving spanking and the long-term effects of that, and about ways in which those long-term effects can be avoided. Well, up next, we're going to find out about Movember and what that all means. So uh, don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at kfbk.com or on the iHeartRadio app and by Googling Healing Quest iHeart Podcasts. And you can also email us at info at healingquestradio.com or call us at 877-544-4827 and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on KFBK and iHeartRadio. Radio.